Welcome to Piedmont Arts. I'm Rachel Stewart. The Rock Hill Symphony was founded in 2017, making it one of the younger arts organizations in our area. And in its six years of existence, it's been serving primarily York County, South Carolina, and the surrounding region with quality classical music performances. This year, they welcome a new music director, someone already familiar to music fans in the Charlotte area, Christopher James Lees. Lees has been the resident conductor for the Charlotte Symphony for several years now, and he's an active guest conductor around the country. He's also the recipient of numerous grants and honors, and now he's ready to lead the Rock Hill Symphony in their next chapter. So, Chris, thanks for stopping by. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about the Rock Hill Symphony. Like I said, it's it's a relatively new organization in our area. So, just tell us a little bit about it. Absolutely. I think many conversations I have involving the Rock Hill Symphony start with Rock Hill has a symphony now. <laughs> and I'm able to tell them that, you know, through the last six or seven years, there's an enthusiastic base of arts supporters that have been propelling this along, uh, led by Sarah Lynn Hayes, its president of the board, and a whole, a very active working board to bring classical music to people across the border who would rather not fight traffic leading north on 77. And it's great that this region is growing in such a way that those opportunities are available to folks in Rock Hill and, and Fort Mill as well, you know, not too far away from anything in York County. And the orchestra is comprised of uh, many faces that I think folks that come to the Charlotte Symphony or, or go hear the Union Symphony or even South Carolina Philharmonic out in Columbia, they would recognize some of the musicians because we pull from the region, but then also have um, many folks that make their livelihoods by playing in all of these different uh, cities. And it, so it, it shows, I think, the strength of the growing metropolitan region of the Charlotte region that these sorts of performances can fit into the overall menu of what's available to folks that have lived here for many generations and also folks that have only lived here a few months. So I guess from what you're saying, you really have to hit some sort of critical mass as far as like population goes and ability to fundraise to be able to have a small municipal orchestra like this. Okay. That's right. And I think we've, we are, the Charlotte region is not getting any smaller anytime soon. So for those of us who are classical music enthusiasts who are really passionate about the arts as those of us in our ecosystem are, it's really heartening to think that an organization like the Rock Hill Symphony has not only been able to survive through COVID and thrive on the opposite end of that, but that it continues to grow and offers more and more programming, more and more access for school children and, and young people, and for the folks that have been here for uh, many generations that have access to the greats like Beethoven and Stravinsky and Ravel and other composers that, that will be playing next year. It speaks to this whole uh, sense of growth, and it's really exciting. It's exciting to be here and to be a part of being on the forefront of that sort of acceleration. So have you been a music director before in charge of an orchestra? Uh, never for a professional orchestra. And since the Rock Hill Symphony is a fully professional group, this will be my first outing under that uh, with that sort of heading. So what are some of the things that you and the orchestra are looking to do as a growing organization? It sounds like you might have some community outreach in mind. 
what are you planning? One of the exciting things about being on the front edge of the growth of this orchestra is to be able to bring the work that I do across the border here in Charlotte to another uh, city. And so like my passion and dedication to representing composers that have been typically underrepresented, that of composers of color and women composers, as well as non-traditional spaces in which people can experience this great art form that's been around for so many hundreds of years. In addition to our Holiday Pops programming, which is that first weekend in December as one of our balancing forces with our, our Masterworks uh, series, we're also uh, exploring a brewery series and being able to bring music to where people already are and continue, I think, wherever any artist is, one has to push back against the perception that classical music is elitist and somehow or inaccessible or only for a certain type of person. The stories that are being told through composers of today, as well as the composers of yesteryear, you know, uh, being able to share those stories with everybody who has the opportunity and the chance to listen, I think will continue to make the case that you know, as one of my mentors used to say, everybody loves classical music. They just don't know about it yet. And so I know that the folks in Rock Hill have already experienced some of that in the orchestra's history in these last seven years. And they're about to have even more opportunities to access the great repertoire played brilliantly, presented in such a way that shows the relevancy to today's culture, not just the culture of the 18th and 19th centuries. That is a challenge, isn't it, to to make it relevant to people, especially if they don't know anything about it. And since you've had experience at the Charlotte Symphony and elsewhere, is there any program or type of program in particular that you've found accomplishes that goal of, of getting the music in front of people who aren't familiar with it? And is there anything that you've noticed that's more successful than other things? I think we're always looking to see how we might intersect and interact with the public. Certainly our ONTAP series at the CSO has been very successful, I think, by just about every metric where people can come on a Tuesday, they can come after work, they can come in their blue jeans, they can talk about the music between pieces. They have this sense that we don't exist in an ivory tower. You know, we don't exist far away. We're people, the musicians and the conductors, we're people that you see in the supermarket. We're people that you see walking down the street and we have roots in the community too. And I think merging those worlds and going to places where people already are, I think is a key component to it. If I had to list a second, it would be showing the diverse representation that is in fact out there. Um, my very first concert with the Charlotte Symphony, or with the Rock Hill Symphony, excuse me, um, opens with the Coleridge Taylor, Taylor's uh, Song of Hiawatha Overture. And it was really important to me that the orchestra begin our time together with a composer of color, that this great Afro-British composer who was very famous and visited the White House twice when he came over from England, that he be represented on the stage and that people know that when they hear our programs, they're not going to hear a small sliver of the dead white male Europeans that are so important, really. But I think when you lay Samuel Coleridge Taylor along the music of uh, Leonard Mark Lewis, who's a composer at Winthrop University, writing a piece that is incredibly soulful and, and celebrates the life of someone who didn't make it through the pandemic, 
um, laying that alongside Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, which it couldn't be more Titanic. What better representation of a composer saying, you know, uh, liberty and equality and freedom and universal brotherhood rebelling as one humanity against the force of fate that would tell us we have to live our lives a certain way. Combining those voices of past, present, and perhaps uh, silenced from another generation, I think shows the relevancy to 21st century America. Thank you for that. I was going to ask you to talk about that opening program, and um, I'm glad you made that connection. I I didn't make those connections when I was first looking at it, but I, so do you? Do you help the audience along? Or are you going to be talking to them about absolutely about all that stuff? Yeah, I love talking to audiences. I love demystifying the art form. I love laying it in accessible terms for folks to have a space into which they start to listen. I've been really fortunate with the Charlotte Symphony that they've given me a microphone, probably on more occasions than they should have. <laughs> but uh, but it gives me a chance to connect with people through our understood common language and then to enter the linguistic world of music. It's really inspiring to see how it can the music can affect people ever more deeply when they have a sense of the story or they have a sense of why this particular menu was assembled for them on this particular day. It makes their experience that much more special. And and that's the experience that we as musicians and arts lovers have. Um, so to share that is a is a real gift, is a privilege. Yeah, that's a great uh, a great idea or to understand that the context can make so much more difference. I think, you know, for current day popular music, people kind of know the context, right? They live in it, but yeah. but not necessarily with classical music. Um, ben Geller is going to be your first guest Absolutely. for that concert. I'm so excited. Violist Ben Geller. Tell us a little bit about him and, and what he's going to play. Uh, well, Ben Geller has been principal viola of the Charlotte Symphony, I think just a little longer than I've been here. So probably eight or nine years maybe now. And Mark Lewis, Leonard Mark Lewis at Winthrop, wrote this piece for him. It's a viola showpiece, um, but like I said, it, it captures the spirit and the ebullience of a, of a young person that was lost during COVID. And there's a kind of celebration, there's a kind of energy and, and optimism and life that comes through in this piece. It seemed like a no-brainer to start our expansion from Rock Hill with members of the community within Rock Hill and nearby Rock Hill so that we really are celebrating the local musicians as we grow into more regional prominence. And Ben is a, a dear friend and and just a lovely guy. And anybody who's heard him play a viola solo uh, on the stage of the Belk or the Knight or, and with the CSO in any venue, uh, or up at the Eastern Music Festival where he just wrapped another one of his seasons there, they know that not only do you get this sumptuous tone, but you get so much heart and just genuine, authentic expression with Ben. You get that in a conversation with him, but then he takes up his second uh, language, the, the viola, and you really get a sense of how special it is to be able to hear that instrument played so beautifully. 
Can you quickly just give us an idea of what the other concerts are on the program? You've got four, mm-hmm. uh, I guess you'd call them classics or our main concerts for the year. Yeah, it, it, they, they span a variety of different categories, let's say. So our first is the Masterworks I just described, and that's um, at Sullivan Auditorium on September 9th at 7.30. That's Saturday, first Saturday in September. I guess second Saturday after Labor Day. Then the end of October... Uh, we play a family concert, and this is free to the community, and it's a Halloween themed. It'll have a few tunes that should get a few children just slightly scared. Hopefully not <laughs> to the screaming levels of decibels, but but things like the main theme, not the shower scene, but the main theme from Psycho, uh, to demonstrate <laughs> the String family and all of their muted terror. Also, uh, like Sibelius's Finlandia closes the program. Uh, these grand pieces of music that show off the different colors of the orchestra to kids and families who perhaps might not have financial means to attend another program, or they might have children that don't have the attention span to attend a longer program. So these are bite-sized uh, family works, and we're we're excited to be able to offer that free of charge thanks to the support we've gotten from uh, South Carolina Arts Council and Williams and & Fudge and a few of our sponsors for that particular program. And the next day, this is not open to the public, but the next day we'll perform for Rock Hill Public Schools. All of their fifth graders will have a chance to hear the orchestra just in time to choose which instruments they would like to play in middle school mm. and, and beyond. Uh, We'll have our annual Holiday Pops concert on December 2nd, and that is just seasonal fun. Uh, All of the hits we expect to hear kicking off the holiday season uh, right after Thanksgiving because, you know, the holidays start as close to Thanksgiving as possible uh, these days. And so musically, we're going to present that as well. Uh, And then in March, I believe it's March 9th, uh, we'll have another Masterworks program, and that will feature Grammy Award-winning South Carolina native and um, concert saxophonist Dr. Robert Young playing a contemporary concerto flanked on either side by um, Ravel's Mother Goose Suite, the Stravinsky Firebird Suite, and then a little piece by Appalachian State composer Roger Zare um, called Blast Off uh, on the second half. So it's fresh, it's colorful, it's interesting, it's dynamic, it tells a story, it's relevant, it's contemporary, it's historic, it's balletic, it's narrative, it's excitement, and it's energy, and we can't wait for all of it. Gosh, you're going to have to wait all the way till May for or March for that. I know. It's, <laughs> I will find a way to busy myself somehow between now and then, but that's one of my programs this year I'm really looking forward to. That sounds like a great one. Um, and... And and you're right. It's very contemporary. You've got 20th and 21st century works on it, right? That's right. Pretty much. But quite accessible. People hear yeah. modern music or 20th century, and they immediately get a sh- shiver down the back of their neck. But I think the Mother Goose Suite and the Firebird Suite are as accessible as anything um, written in any other century and perhaps more colorful, too. So it's a great program. I'm I'm glad we're doing it. Well, thanks for sharing all that with us, and thanks for taking the time to visit with us today. I hope this inaugural season goes really well for you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to get the music started. Been talking to Christopher James Lees, who is the newly appointed music director of the Rock Hill Symphony. And for Piedmont Arts, I'm Rachel Stewart.